Dude, with a haircut like that, your music's going to be awesome. I know it is. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 172 of Sapnin Podcast featuring my cold-ridden self, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and this episode will have... Henwaves! I was tempted to do sapping in waves but i thought no one wants to hear that so instead they'll have you pulling harder on the strings of your martyr as my puns rain down from the sky this week's guest is guitar virtuoso singer songwriter and the metal lord of twitch his highness sir matthew Heafy of trivium <laughs> yes, and Trivium have fastly become one of the biggest metal bounds around with killer riffs, game-changing albums, and building their own family over the last 20 years. You've just got to look at Shogun, Ascendancy, and how Matt always tries to create more for himself. Recently, he's become one of the huge names on the music side of Twitch, collaborating with people like Dead Mouse, Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park, and even starting his new black metal project, Ibaraki. And even though arguably he's one of the biggest vocalists in his genre, he's someone who's always challenging himself for new things, Sean. Biggest? What do you... What, like he's seven foot nine? What he's mean? quite tall. I'm not sure. I haven't got the measurements. I didn't didn't research the measurements, but I reckon he's quite tall, yeah. Do you? How, how tall do you reckon he is? On the, every time I see him, he is on a stage, which does make him taller. Yeah, yeah. Height. Yeah, that works, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how tall do you think he is? Put a number to it. Six foot, I reckon. Six foot. I'm six foot one. He's six <laughs> foot. You you would got to be about six foot as well, haven't you? I'm t- I class myself as tall. All right, yeah, cool. <laughs> All right, I was just wondering where you think. Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to look forward to looking after this to see if it says online how tall he actually is. But thank you very, very much to Matt for coming on. As you'll hear, we tried to organize this a couple of times, should we say? And it didn't work out, but we were lucky enough to catch him this time. It was awesome to talk. All things Trivium, Ibaraki, Roadrunner United, surprise guests doing mad stuff. And we even talk about my good friend, Ryan McFall, which um, is only going to be uh, fascinating to me, Matthew Eiffy, <laughs> and Ryan McFall. So. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a lot going on in this episode, and we literally get into everything from really the highs and lows of Trivium, to how Twitch has sparked more creativity, embracing his Japanese heritage with a bracky, and just changing the way his idols in Metallica even play the guitar. We talk fatherhood, download memories, weird relationships with magazines over here in the UK, and just countless stories that will make you go, oh my God. And he also talks magic of the gathering, which is my se- <laughs> second favourite of the gatherings. It's my second favourite of the gatherings, after your f- gathering, gathering of the Juggalos, obviously. Ah, right, okay, good, good there, fair. But there's a lot to look forward to. And speaking of things I'm looking forward to, 
is a little bit of the sunshine maybe coming in now in the next couple of months and looking ahead to summer festivals, including 2,000 trees. Yes, I cannot wait for 2,000 trees. Please, Jesus, Allah, Ganesh. Sorry if I missed out your religion's God. Uh, but any of those gods, please do us a favor and make sure this festival takes place this year. Because I know I want this festival to happen more than anyone, maybe. more, Maybe even more than the organizers. No, obviously they weren't. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. I just get to play a gig. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are playing, but the UK's biggest independent rock festival returns on July 6th to the 9th of 2022 in Cheltenham, UK, just a few short hours away from London. It's headlined by the likes of Idols, Jimmy Eat World, Turnstile and Thrice, who will be playing their album Fihisu in full. And if you listen to this podcast, you're into a little bit more heavier bands. They've already announced the likes of Knocked Loose, Crossfaith, Stick to Your Guns, Roll to Massey, and a whole lot more, including recently added Creeper, The Regret, Puppy. And if you head over to the website, you'll see the whole list of this wonderful lineup. And because you're listening to this podcast, they've given us a special 10% off discount code to give you for VIP and weekend tickets at 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. If you put Sapnin, discount Ooh. code Sapnin at the top of the page, you'll get 10% off. And it's a festival really not to be missed, Sean. Do not miss it. Cannot, cannot express that enough. It's going to be a fucking brilliant, brilliant weekend. I cannot wait. Thank you very much to 2000 Trees for inviting uh, the podcast and my band Raiders to play. Um, it's going to be a fantastic event. So, yes, get your tickets now. As Morgan said, 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets. Use the promo code SAPNIN for 10% off. If we get 10,000 people to sell those tickets, we are going to make £50 million. Pounds. So, are we? Um, I. Probably not, no. But. Oh, it'd be nice though, wouldn't it? But still, you should go down because they have great ice cream. I don't know, you might have heard that on a oh, podcast somewhere fact, before. Leave it. Leave it there now. <laughs> don't start this again. You don't even fucking like it enough to get it on the first day. You don't fucking like it. So, yeah, not going. Shut up. Let's just talk to Matt Heafy for fuck's sake. Yes, this is a Matt Heafy on episode 172 of Sapnin Podcast. Follow us at Sapnin Pod on Twitter and Instagram and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapling without any further ado this is the metal god himself yeah i've just realized that we've been calling matt heafy and it's mainly pronounced matt heafy sapling sapling Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. Sapnin! 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 I had to switch all of my things. <laughs> Sapnin, bras. Yeah, good to see you. Hey! Or should I say bruv? Sapnin, bruv. <laughs> uh, Ed Sheeran said it in a podcast I was listening to. All Americans cannot do a British accent. British people can do American accents. Ed Sheeran said it, and he's 100% correct. Oh. I don't know. That wasn't too bad. Give us some. Um, uh, yeah, give, give us your best. Give us your best Americans, Australian. British. Oh, dude, I don't, even, I don't even want to try it. It'll just sound Australian. <laughs> and then I'll, then I'll piss off for Australian fans. And they're going to come after me. It's just bad. It's just but bad. But you, you've told the bullet for my Valentine. You've got to know like some oh, Welsh lingo or yeah, some, you've got some a Welsh, Welsh accent. accent for us. I mean, the only time I'll pick up accents from being in geographical areas, my in-laws are super Southern. My father-in-law is from Tupelo, Mississippi. And when I'm around him, I do pick up a Southern accent. And I think most metal frontmen, when they're on stage, they, for some reason, pick up this like fake, tough Southern accent. It's very strange. Like Sometimes I'll sound like Matthew McConaughey and the band afterwards will laugh at me. They're like, all right, all right, all right. That's what kind of what it sounds like, yeah. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I haven't even introduced you. This week's guest is um, riff legend, the fantastic Matthew Heafy. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. And like we were saying before the show started, I am so sorry for the massive amounts of reschedules. There were like five reschedules because of me. I hope you don't <laughs> think I'm a diva. It was just like, I kept saying, like, we got to do the Sapnin thing, got to do the Sapnin thing, got to do the Sapnin thing. And I mean, we were dealing with a two and a half year global shutdown and a bunch of other stuff. So at least we're here now. Yeah, yeah we are. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say one more, was saying. <laughs> so we'll just we'll just move on very very quickly. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, no, say, but, but honestly, man, we we appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy your schedule is in particular, and I think on top of all of that is you becoming the king of Twitch from uh, from a lot of it. And it just seems that you're having the most fun, showing a new, really enthusiasm for music from it. Just doing everything from covers, playing riffs, and even challenging people at chess. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I mean, I was just asked to score Magic the Gathering. Like, I grew what? up collecting Magic the Gathering. Yeah, you guys know Magic the Gathering. I've loved Magic the Gathering my entire life. I've always considered it one of the, like, Dodgers and Dragons, Magic the Gathering. That is metal as hell. Like, those are the roots. Anyone that played those two things as a kid is a metalhead. Um, but yeah, Magic the Gathering hit me up, asked me to do a, the first ever soundtrack to a new card release. So Kamigawa Neon Dynasty just came out. And they had uh, myself and Jonathan Young put this record together. So I wrote a couple songs that Jonathan produced. Jonathan Young, he wrote a couple songs that I guessed it on. It's amazing. So it's a mixture of super modern metal uh, with electronic music and then Japanese traditional. So it's me playing Koto and Shamisen on this MIDI guitar thing, which inspired me to actually, I just found like the foremost Shamisen shop in America that sources from Japan. They're going to build me a Shamisen, the traditional Japanese instrument. I'm going to start learning. I'm going to play that on the next Ibaraki, play that on a bunch of scoring stuff. I just got, I just finished my first video game soundtrack for an MMA jiu-jitsu game that takes place in Brazil, and it's all lo-fi, <laughs> bossa nova, samba. So you know that when we had to reschedule, I wasn't just dicking around. I was like, oh, I was okay, doing yeah, this. Yeah. So again, again, apologies. But yeah, so just tons of stuff. Um, got a collab with Dead Mouse coming out soon. Did a collab with Mike Shinoda, collab with Richard Marks. Just, just staying busy. Just staying busy. What the fuck is... What? There's lots <laughs> of stuff going on. Ah. Where, where does all this side of things really stem from for you? Because... Obviously, with Trivium and all your other projects over the years, you've always been busy. You've always liked to experiment and get out to new territories. But in these last few years, it seems like personally, I don't want to say brand, but you as a per like you've expanded in so many different <laughs> elements. It, it, was there anything that kind of flipped a switch for that? <sighs> Good question. I mean, I've always been into everything. I remember, you know, when I started seeing like metal bands and metalcore bands covering pop songs. I was like, man, I wanted to, I had the idea of doing tearing up my heart on ascendancy. And it was actually Rob Flynn from machine head. Who's like, that's a terrible idea. Don't do it. I love you, Rob, but <laughs> maybe we should have done that. Maybe he was right. Maybe he wasn't right. So it's like, since then I've always been all about being into everything. I mean, I've always loved the juxtapositional idea. I love the fact that ascendancy was a metal as hell record, but I had a fringe haircut, girls, pants and eyeliner. Like I like to do the opposites. And then on and waves, uh, you know, the record before I have super long hair, we look like a thrash metal band again. I cut my hair again and we look like we're from the future. Like I like to do opposites. Um, it's funny. There's, there's, I read another nasty old interview. I think where the band always gets ripped on the interviews the most, but it's kind of fizzling now. 
someone was asking me on the Unwave cycle, who would you like to collaborate with? And I was like, Lady Gaga. And the guy's like, oh, that's cool. He said, that's cool to me, to my face, but then printed the what a wanker. How could this guy want to collab with Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga's terrible. And then Metallica does it. Everyone's like, oh, that was the coolest idea in the world. So it's like, (laughs) I've always wanted to mix everything. That's why my whole life I've been influenced by satanic black metal bands, but also Christian metalcore bands at the same time. Like I, I like having everything. And I think it's not being on tour and being able to stay so connected to the people that have allowed me to do what I do to learn all these other things. Remember one day on stream, um, Portugal's biggest streamer rated us and everyone kept saying, play toy. I was like, what the hell is toy? I look it up and it's this Portuguese pop star. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll cover it. And so I just kind of learned and started playing, singing Portuguese. The next day it was on Portuguese national newspaper, national radio. The guy toy then covered a trivium song on TV then we did the song with Trivium and then he joined us on stage at the Slipknot show. And it was, I think, the biggest reaction of the night. I think Toy had a, had a bigger reaction than any band that night. Um, so, yeah, it's just a matter of like seeing these things and I don't think about it. Like you can tell, like, you know, you're seeing a lot of bands jumping over to TikTok and it feels very forced at times. I'm not talking about any specific, but just like living in it and living amongst the people that allow me to be, I can very quickly see, all right, here's a cool thing. Here's a thing. Someone introduced me to something else or a new band or a new idea or the dead mouse thing came about. I was doing an interview or I'm doing a panel on streaming and someone asked me, how did the Mike Shinoda collab come about? And I was like, well, it came about as easy as this. Oh, there's dead mouse in my chat. Dead mouse. Let's do a song together. Let's do it. Uh, I'll send you my number. <laughs> and then we start working on a song. So it was, it was that simple. Um, it's just not being afraid to try things. And in addition to Ibaraki, I've got a kid's book coming out too. That's all the Japanese stories from the record itself. It's all illustrated for children because I've got kids myself. And we kept saying, it'd be cool if there was a book with Japanese stories. And we said, there isn't one. So let's make one. You've just mentioned so many things in passing there <laughs> that I think younger you would just made me just stop and think, wait, what, what am I doing? What's going on? Because so much has changed for you with Trivium, especially like when you think back to younger self, is there one moment in particular that you know younger you would just not believe you've been able to do? I think it's always been when the most challenging things are presented to not think about it and just do it has been the best. Like Rotary United. That's one of the things that I thought of when you mentioned that. I was on tour. My manager sent me his explain. He's like, all right, you're going to be one of the team captains. You're considered along the same lines as Rob Flynn, Joey Jordis, and Dino Cazares. But you have to write these songs right now on the rest of this tour. You get home, you have to record it for two weeks and you go back on tour. I was like, uh, okay, I can't do this, but I'm going to do this. So I wrote all the songs on tour, went home for two weeks, recorded all the musicians and flew out. It was that quick. Same thing with the, the first download show. Hey, you guys are being pumped for the fifth stage of the first stage. Can you do it? I, I guess so. Yes, we'll do it. Um, same thing with the video game soundtrack. My friend from, uh, he used to work at the original Activision or excuse me, Infinity War for Call of Duty. And he's like, I really would love to have you score a game. Do you think you can do Brazilian Bossa Nova? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then after we walked away from each other, I was like, let me go listen to this real quick. Yes, I can do this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it's just just taking... I, I mean, I wish there was a better metaphor than taking the bull by the horns, but like that's just strike strike while the iron is there is what I say sometimes as well. Yeah. Well, what, what, was it, what was the defining factor in making you start streaming and stuff? Did like Fred reach out to you or was it... Actually, what's, what's awesome is I, I believe... I would have to check with Fred. I believe... Fred is at Twitch because of me, I think ish. Oh, wow. Sort of. So, because Fred was at, at Roadrunner from In Waves On. And so I've been really good friends with Fred since then. And he came down here while I, I helped open an esports arena at our local tech school competing in Fortnite. And Fred came down and watched the whole thing. He started getting plugged in. He started really understanding the, the world from an inside out with the East Coast Throwdown and all that stuff. Um, and then he's next thing he knew, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm leaving Roadrunner, unfortunately, but I'll be working with you at Twitch. So now he's my main guy at Twitch, which is That's awesome. Class. Yeah. Um, but if I'm paraphrasing that, Fred, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> My brain is going a million miles an hour, but it's kind of it's like roughly like that. Like I introduced him to some people, but obviously I didn't get him the gig. He's amazing is why he got the gig. But we had finished our show in Barcelona about four and a half years ago. And the promoter was like, hey, some YouTubers want to meet you. And we all kind of laughed like, huh, everyone's a YouTuber. But then we looked the guys up. The main guy has 7 million subs. The other guy's got 3 million subs. We're like, these people are here? I was like, yeah, they want to meet you. They're big fans. Met them all, became good pals with them. When they left the room, I said, I should start making videos on YouTube. Apollo looks at me and says, I think you should look up Twitch instead. So thanks to Apollo. I started an account on both, went home. Um, when we left that tour, I started streaming on Twitch, like two to four people. 
playing Overwatch on a PS4 on my living room couch, not really understanding the whole thing, but I loved it. And for me, it was never about it was never about income. It was just about connecting further to the people, just like I said earlier, the people that allow me to do what I do for a living. Trivium has never really been a press band aside from the sentency. That was the only time. Um, we've never really been a band's band. It's purely been just our fans talking about us and keeping us alive. So I wanted to give back and give more to the people that have kept us alive. Go back to the people who say like, Hey, Matt, your food looks awesome there. Like, what are you eating there? I want to, I want to hang out with those people. And that's why I got in the channel. I got it started on, started, excuse me. I started streaming on Twitch. We're through San Francisco. I got invited to go to the Twitch HQ from Volition and Meme Dude, two people that were Trivium fans. They gave me a tour of the whole HQ. They let me a backpack, start streaming the shows from stream that the fans freaked out. Everyone loved it, but I'd go home and just do games again. Cause it's all I knew. We'd visit San Francisco to get tattooed. That's where my wife and I, we used to go to get tattooed and stayed in good touch with Brandon and John. We'd meet with them to get food. And I said to them, man, I love Twitch so much, but I can't stream as much because in 2014, I blew my voice out. I've had to unlearn everything, relearn everything and practice five, to seven days a week, two to four hours a day. Brandon and John said, why don't you stream that? And I said, no one wants to watch me do that every day. He's like, just try it. So lo and behold, the last, what, three and a half years, five days a week, two times a day, seven days a week, one to four times a day on tour. It's been nonstop. I love it. Yeah, and it's been it's been great to see you fucking smash it, really. And it's it's good to see the metal community have embraced it as well. Because I remember back in the day when I was a kid, if if you tried to bring anything new to it, you'd been fucking shot down straight yeah. away. But yeah, it's fucking it's awesome, and I love it. And um, Fred's reached out to me and tried to get me to do it as well, but I've got no fucking musical talent. No, you don't need to. What I tell everybody, and I tell one of my friends who's a big YouTuber who want to jump over to Twitch, what I would see you guys doing is doing the prep work on a host, doing the, this entire thing on stream, taking audience questions at the end. When, you're, when your host leaves, you guys talk into the chat and like kind of doing a, like a post cap. That's live. And then all the edited stuff, you can edit on stream as well. The final product is what you put on the podcast platforms, but it's all the actual raw tracking and all the prep work and all the, the brainstorming that you do on stream. That's what I would nice. see for you. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah, because you, you got to do what you love and what you're good at. And that's, that's all people want to see. Because like when I was looking at the platform, when I first started hearing about it, I was like, man, there's 250,000 people watching Ninja play Fortnite 12 hours a day. It's not necessarily the medium. It's not because it's Fortnite. It's because it's him. Because he's doing what he was the best at, what he's a freak in nature at, what he loves. When I'm playing Trivium stuff, it's one of the most people there. But sometimes if I want to play a game, it starts to drop off a bit. Or if I'm like recording music, it starts to drop off a bit. So it's all about doing what you love and what you're best at. So for you guys, I would be doing this. I would be like, you have polls of who you want to bring on there, talk to your chat, have your guests on podcasts, like that, that kind of thing. That's what nice. I would do. Mm. Well, I'm writing that down. Business idea. <laughs> I'm also, I've also started a consulting group. If you guys, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. I was just yeah. about to say, yeah. So ten percent goes to <laughs> yes. Uh, it's fifteen percent, uh, sir. 15. Oh, it's fifteen. Oh, it's gone up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Oh. But, <laughs> but speaking of all these kind of different outlets and stuff, Matt, I did want to bring up, of course, your new black metal project, Ibaraki. Now, it seems like this is something you've wanted to do for a while. Um, it's very honed in on kind of your Japanese heritage and everything. Where did the idea originally come from this? Was it just kind of a result of these last couple of years and, and having more time and being more creative? Um, so obviously there's, there's a couple mats. There's Trivium Matt, Ibaraki Matt, Matthew K. Havy Matt. And I've been trying to figure out how to clearly delineate one of the tricks I've done. I want to give you forwarding before I do it is just this. Now we're talking about Ibaraki. It's dark. Okay. <laughs> nice. that's, done, that's done by foot pedal, by the way. Okay. I've always loved black metal since <laughs> I was 16. When I was 16, I was introduced to black metal through a local musician named Richie Brown. I was in the band with him, Mindscar. We were both black, like black metal fans. He got me into all, the whole genre and everything from Emperor to Dimu to more grooning to dissection. And it's something that I loved for a very long time. Uh, fast forward several years. I mean, obviously I would always wear Emperor shirts. The first Kerrang cover, I was wearing an Emperor shirt. Became good friends with Darren Toms from Candlelight Records, which I'm sure you guys know him. And he'd always hook me up with black metal records, black metal shirts. And years past that, it was around, I think, 2010 or 2011. I saw a kid wearing an Emperor shirt who had to have been 15 years old in front of In Flames' burger bar. I asked the kid if I could take a picture for my food blog, did post it online. And I asked Darren, I said, can you send this to Ishan? Because Ishan's a hero of mine. He sent it to Ishan. Ishan actually emailed me back saying how cool it is. And he was, he was very, very kind. said that he saw that I'm always talking about Emperor. I told him I, that I've been working on black, like a black metal project for a while. And my idea was, 
I knew Matt Hafey from Trivium wasn't allowed to have a black metal record because when I was 16, I was the elite metal kid that knew any like anything is popular sucks. Anything with singing sucks. I just like this extreme stuff. So my idea was to make a black metal record. No one would ever know it's me. And I'd make the music and just get it out. I sent him the track. He's like, this is good. That's, that's kind of it. He's like, yeah, this sounds like black metal. At the time, he just released Aramita. I checked that record out. And hearing that album was like hearing black metal for the first time all over again. And what it made me realize is that black metal for me was the rebellion to metal being the same, to metal all being the same thing. So something shocking and new came out and kind of changed the mold. When you stick to a tradition of that, though, then it becomes the same again. If everything is supposed to be true and it's supposed to stick within the confines of what the rules of black metal are as appointed by a small group of people, it becomes the same thing again. It's the same thing that needs to be rebel- rebelled at again. So Aramita having jazz sax solos and clean singing and weird chords and electronic moments and all these things. I was like, that's more black metal to me than the old school stuff. So hearing that drastically shifted what I was writing. And I sent Ishan some of the earlier demos of where my brain went immediately after that. And he said, this is fantastic. He's like, I haven't heard anything like this before. So the reaction from being when I was doing the traditional stuff was like, this is, this sounds like this is good to this new stuff. He's like, this is amazing. And I asked him if he wanted to produce it. He said, yes. So we've been actually working on this very record from 2011. So wow. track two, track two's DIs are actually recorded in 2011. So they, we tried to redo them and they didn't sound better redone. So we kept them. And so the whole thing is a chronologically recorded record, basically excluding intro and outro. The final track was the last one that was probably recorded in 2018, 2019. We, he produced the whole thing with me essentially on video chat like this, but he had software where my mic would run through his computer. He'd, he'd record it there. He did all the orchestrations, production, engineering, um, co-wrote two of the songs, Akumu and Tamashi. And it's been amazing. It's great to finally have that out. And it was originally called Mritsu, which is Sanskrit for death or life. I couldn't come up with lyrics. And I told Ishan, I was like, I wish I was Norwegian because I want to write about Thor battling Jormungandir at Ragnarok. And he's like, Matt, look at your culture, though. Tap into your Japanese culture. Mm. And my mind was just blown. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the Japanese storm god battling the eight-headed dragon is on my back already. And these stories are already on me. And I already <laughs> know them. And it is me. So I went from having no lyrics in the span of eight years for this project to having all the lyrics done within like three to five days. It was so thanks to Ishan. Uh, he was originally a musical hero, then a mentor, and then a producer slash co-writer slash friend. It's it's been amazing. Yeah. Well, you mentioned there your kind of Japanese heritage and culture, and obviously throughout the years you've always embraced that in every aspect you possibly can. But just kind of looking at the outlets for for this album in particular, you know, from the titles to the artwork and just the whole aesthetic, it does seem you've embrace that a little bit more this time around was that kind of an important vision for you going into this massively massively and once he unlocked the idea of tapping into the japanese side it made me realize it was it was important i mean this was around the time when there was a lot of anti-asian sentiment and especially in america probably the whole world um and it made me go you know what i i need to show my culture to so many people who don't know it so it hopefully leads them to going, wow, the stories of this Japanese culture are really cool. What are the stories of the countries around that? What about the other Asian countries? What do they believe? And then what do the European countries believe? And then what does everyone believe? And that way, when you start to show people something of a different culture that they can connect to and understand and appreciate, it opens up an open-mindedness to everything and everyone. And that's why, like I mentioned, the kids' book, the kids' book is taking the Japanese stories that Ibaraki talks about, distilling them down for six-month to five-year-olds that parents can read. Like I imagine people in the middle of the st- in the middle of the country the US in the middle of the country in the UK reading this to their newborns and going wow this is cool i want to know about the vietnamese cultures and i want to know about chinese culture and i want to know about indonesia and i want to know about africa and i want to know about germany and i want to know about all these other cultures and all these different things and what the rest of the planet has to offer and that's that's from this that's from the inspiration of that when i started realizing there was once again so much racism towards asians i was like i need to expose them to something that they can understand even more so yeah, and I think that these last couple of years have really shown everyone that we need to embrace more cultures and look at how other, other people look at the world, really. Massively, massively. Yeah, yeah. And as I mentioned, the track listing for this album, um, there's a few features on there, but there's one that really stuck out to us um, with a Mr. Gerard Way <laughs> from My Chemical Romance. Now, how the hell... 
have <laughs> these two worlds collided? Well, I love it so much because like I said about the idea of black metals maintaining a tradition being the same and then it all of a sudden feel like black metal anymore. I feel like the, the very concept of the guy from Trivium and the guy from My Chemical Romance are on a black metal record, I think is more shocking to the black metal scene than if I did a record that had a church burning on front of it. Like I truly feel like it's a bigger impact with that. And I feel like that is so black metal to do something that you're not supposed to do that's going to piss off everyone in that genre. And it's a good thing. Is that, Like I said, I do understand the mentality of that because I was that 16-year-old. I was that long-haired kid wearing combat boots, cut off shorts, blasting Krizian and Dimo Borgir out of my truck, showing up to high school. That was me. And I hated everything that clean singing, anything that a band someone heard of, I think that band sucks. So I understand what that mentality is. But what's great with, with Gerard, I met him in 2005. I think it was, we did Big Day Out together. I was, I've been a My Chemical Romance fan since the beginning. I've always loved that band. I always loved everything they do, everything he does. We hit it off. We had dinner together with the promoter. It was Mike Cam and Trivium. Um, we got along super well, talked about like music and food and all sorts of things. Stayed pen pals throughout the years. Uh, I remember he had my wife at one of their Chicago shows, like probably on the Black Parade tour. Yeah. And we've just been friends ever since. So there was one day he hit me up by DM. He's like, hey, can you explain to me how to do tremolo picking for, for guitar, for black metal? I was like, yeah, yeah. I shot him a video, sent it to him. And we started talking about black metal. I was like, would you be up for guesting on my black metal record? He's like, yeah, of course. So simple as that. We've just been longtime pen pals. I've always loved him. Uh, yeah. Gerard Nergal and Ishan are three people that have been really close to me in my orbit in life forever. And I just love it. I love the concept of it because this whole record, it's, it, is, you know, it is the things I love about Black Metal, but there are a lot of things I don't love about Black Metal. There are a lot of things I realized later in my life that are problematic with the genre, not even just talking about the musicality, but the beliefs in it. Um, so it's like, I wanted to rewrite the genre for myself for a record for myself. I'm not calling this just a black metal record. It's not just a black metal record, but it does come from the idea of it. Um, so to, yeah, I, I think the, the main point of the guy from trivium and the guy from my chemical romance should not be allowed <laughs> to be on a black metal record. I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, can I ask, um, yeah, what, what, what he's doing? Is he shouting? Is he singing? Is he is doing black metal screaming and it's unlike Ooh. anything I've ever heard in my entire wow. life. He sounds terrifying. He sounds unbelievable. Ishan was blown away. I was blown away. He sounds like a monster. Like it's, he's never been recorded like that in my life. And I can't wait to people hear it. It's brutal, brutal. Nice. How was it? Um, was it recorded like this then digitally? Like across uh, he recorded his or? studio and sent it to us. Nice. Yeah, I, I sent I sent him I sent him the song with my screaming on top of it, and he re-recorded over it, and it <laughs> sounds sounds like a, like a shrieking banshee. It's amazing. Yeah, but and that's the thing, as you said, in two thousand and five, that's the collaboration. No one <laughs> would have ever yeah, expected. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm I'm so happy, and it's it makes so much sense. And the three of them are people that Nergal, Ishan, and Gerard are three people that I've had some of my favorite conversations with in life of any musician, and I consider them. They all have semi-similar, like I feel like the four of us all have semi-similar traits and interests and the four of us really branch out, go to different things. And uh, it's, I can't wait till people hear that. Yeah, that is a mad four way. Like imagine walking into that room and going, what? Huh? What? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> like what? What's going on here? I love it. Yeah. When I was talking about the record, when I talk about the record, people knew about Nurgle and Ishan, but I was like, there's another guest that, that none of you will ever guess who it is ever, <laughs> no. ever. No. Yeah, he brought it. It's it is amazing. I wish my scream sounded like that. Basically, it's that good. <laughs> it's that good. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that coming out and seeing everyone's minds just being blown. But talking about 2005, um, recently I saw that you shared a clip from the year you played "Download" bumped up to the main stage, and that was a kind of a game changing moment for Trivium in so many ways. What about that day in particular? do you think really cemented the band's kind of legacy and just everything that's happened going forward? It's crazy. I mean, the first time we were due to the come to come to the UK, our first show was uh, Wolf Run Hall in Wolverhampton. We were the first band on there rotating the three bands. We were first that night and we were like, man, this is going to suck. No one's going to know who we are. No one's going to know any of our songs. And we're backstage just kind of like just being bummer, 18 year olds. And we hear this noise. We're like, there's no way that's a trivium chant. And we put our ear out. It's a trivium chant. We go out there. The entire audience knows every single song. They know who we are. They know everything. We go out to sign stuff during right when we're done. Oh, my kid just came in. Thanks, buddy. And 
and all the audience leaves to go hang out with us at the merch table and they're not watching their two bands. So then immediately we're upgraded to being the headliner for all the stuff. Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy that the UK was so good to us and so receptive of us. Um, and it really did change the course. I need that, buddy. He's <laughs> taking my stuff. Um, it really did change the course of the band. And it was, we were on our ride to download. I remember received an email from manager and he said, Hey, Andy Copping thinks there's some real heat going on with your band. They want to upgrade you from the fifth stage in the middle of the day to the first stage at the beginning of the day. We're like, okay, what does that mean? They're like, well, you'll be playing in front of 40,000 potentially people instead of 5,000 people. And we said, okay, we'll do it. Showed up. I remember morning of the show, our backdrop goes up. There's no one there. My voice is shot. Our guitars are out of tune. Everything sounds and feels like crap. My voice feels like crap. There's no one there. It's 10.59. I'm like, this is going to suck. Walk up on stage. Our intro hits. And then it was like a scene from Braveheart. 40,000 people <laughs> running up the hill. Everyone knew every word. I, I've posted, I posted that clip this morning. And I was like, man, I barely sung or screamed in that. But the whole crowd knew every damn word. The record had been out for like six months. Um, what's nuts, if you think about the, the glory days of Trivium in the UK, they were only nine or 10 months long, which is nuts. I barely got time to enjoy it because it was so quick. Because as soon as the crusade came out, the same outlets that said, this is going to be the biggest, best band in the world. They said, this is the worst band in the world. They are over. And what's so interesting about us, I've always felt like we're an adopted British band, but I feel like we being adopted were treated 10 times harder than a British band. Like, I feel like British bands, but I mean, that's justifiably so. Like, but I felt like we were more culturally a British band than sometimes even British bands. We were definitely chewed up and spit out afterwards. So it was very strange and it was very tough because we weren't able to fully enjoy that 10 months because it was such a whirlwind. Rotary United happening during it, download happening during it, all these different things happening during it. Obviously, lineup changes eventually happen, all these things that happen, but it still was the consistency was the fans, the people that stuck with us were the people that were still there. What's amazing is, the amazing director that did the In the Court of the Dragon video, Catastrophist, what the dead men say, Ryan Macfall, he was on that hill at that download show. Like he was there. And I love that so much. I love having that history or, you know, being able to, like Adam Foster from 5B, who manages Malevolence, who I think are one of the sickest bands in the world. He's been a Trivium fan since then. I think he said he was at one of the shows on the Road Rage tour. So to hear those things, it's, it's so encouraging. Or, or Jamie from Bullet said he was in the front row of the download show. Like that stuff just, that stuff gives me chills. And I love that so much. And it reminds me why we do what we do. Well, when, when I mentioned earlier that I used to be in um, a shit band that did surprisingly well, there's a song called Radio where Ryan McFall actually appears in. Really? Yeah. It wasn't a video <laughs> shot by him. It was shot by somebody else. But Ryan was there the day we were filming. So he turns up and I think he plays like a bouncer or something in our video. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, That's I so him. awesome. Yeah, I messaged him when I said that we were we were going to have a chat. Oh, and he told man. me to tell him he sends his love. I love that. him so much, man. I haven't even met him, and he's done so many things for us, but I love him. I wow. love him. But hearing that, like, what, what about what do you think it is that kind of gave you that different treatment than people? Because, as you said, the fans for Trivium over in the UK, especially, have always been there. I've seen you as that kind of cult band. I, I know so many people who go to Trivium like 100%, like they're really obsessed with you. So how, how, why, why do you think that kind of difference is between fans and media and all that really for the band? I'm not sure. I wish I, wish I knew because we were definitely, I mean, it was 10, it's 10 times or still to this day, the outlets that once covered us that said we we're the greatest that maybe did or didn't say we were terrible. They still will barely talk about us now. Like we're still a band that's like the name is barely circulated. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was a pact. If it was a conspiracy <laughs> of an underground union of people, of journalists in the UK that said, we are not going to talk about trivia anymore. I, I think that could be it. Um, but it's a matter of, you know, what's what we are seeing now is though our fans that were there with us from the beginning are all starting to take over new places in life or starting to get hired by the game developers, starting to get hired by the media companies, starting their own podcasts, starting their own streams, starting their own YouTubes. They're becoming big fans. Uh, Jack Septicai, he's got one of the biggest YouTubes in the entire world. He said he met us at a meet and greet. I think it was at Wolf Run Hall, the second tour. Um, and now he's one of the biggest YouTubers on the planet. He was a trivia <laughs> fan back in the day. So yeah, it's like, it's the changing the guard. So I don't know, maybe there's a conspiracy to this and maybe we need to get to the bottom of it. But I kind of think there might be sometimes because I've, we've always been nothing but thankful to the UK. And our fans know that. And that's all that matters. They're, they're the people that have kept us alive. 
Yeah, I find the UK magazines and and the the kind of press around you, they're so, they can be so kind of like whatever is flavor of the moment. And then like, oh, there's something new. Oh, these yeah. bright colors. Forget the last thing we just fucking championed. There's this new thing all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, we were we were a quick put it up and throw it right out for at least for the for for press. It was not that way for the fans. And I never want to I, I would rather have it from the fans than, than the press. I mean, it's they're the ones that keep us alive. You, you say that I don't I've never seen Trivium like that at all. Like Trivium to me are a massive metal band and they've all like you've been a massive metal band since 2005 to me. Like I don't Thank see you. I don't see what. Yeah, it was it was a, it was right when the crusade came out that the magazines that all said we were the best still put us on the cover, but then wrote really scathing write ups within, which is strange. It's like at that point. But then it's like the last three records have been, let's face it, undeniably great. Now I'm not trying to brag. They're, they're, they're really good. But still, they're kind of like, it's almost like, all right, we got to mention it. It's, it's, it's good. And then that's kind of it. It's, it's strange. It's strange. It's fine. Because like I said, we do this for the fans. But I have such a love relationship with the UK. Like I, I, I feel like, and I feel like this, this metaphor is true in regards to a lot of the positives and negatives we had there. Is that we are Jon Snow of the UK. <laughs> we are Jon Snow. And that's that's all there is to it. It's 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, look, that's brilliant. Looking back at um, kind of insane moments, uh, one thing I wanted to, to bring up, I mean, obviously, we've already touched on loads of things that you can't comprehend that you have gotten to do. But um, really, you've changed the way one of your icons has played the guitar with Kirk Hammett from Metallica <laughs> because he has stated loads of times that he literally changed from playing with uh, normal picks to jazz picks because you introduced it to him when you were touring. I mean, when you step back and think about that, Metallica was such a huge band for you. They're one of the biggest bands in the world. You've changed the way he plays. <laughs> Is it mad to think? It's nuts, man. It's nuts. This has been a really <laughs> cool, wild ride. I mean, th even the fact like years later, Kirk Hammett picking my wife and I up while we're in vacation in San Francisco, taking us to his favorite Chinese restaurant from childhood. I mean, those guys are, they're the coolest people in the world. They invite us to that, to open up for them, that Florida show, gave us a case of their whiskey, handwritten notes to say hello. I mean, Amazing people. And same thing with the Maiden guys. I mean, it was funny. We got home after that Metallica thing. We're like, huh, Metallica just called us to play a show. The only thing that'd be cooler if Maiden was like, hey, come do a tour. And it was like five days later, Iron Maiden emailed us to do their US tour. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a really cool life. We're, we're, we're very, very fortunate, very lucky. Um, and I just make sure we always put in that maximum output. I mean, at the beginning of the interview, we're talking about how much stuff I do. It's, it's, I, it's stuff I enjoy. It's stuff I want to put out there. I want to put the energy out there. I want to give as much as I can to everyone that allows us to have these things. Like that's the big thing. My, my stream, like the stream is free. It's free. Like no one needs to pay to be there. There's no, like, there's no block offs of anything. If you want to support it, you can, if you don't want to support it, you don't have to just be here. And, um, it's great. It's great to be able to just keep giving back to our fans. I mean, the last two records came out pretty close from each other. Ibaraki record coming out and all the stuff on the solo stuff. It's stuff I just want to keep doing because the people that support us make me able to do what I do. And I love to do what I do. Absolutely insane. Well, just a couple more things, Matt, before we let you go, because obviously we've said busy schedule, always a very busy, busy schedule. Um, you've been doing this for over 20 years now, making music, touring the globe, having these insane experiences. So much has changed in the industry, in your life, in the way you write music. But like, in that time, is there anything you've noticed in particular, just maybe about yourself and the way that your mindset has changed or the way you look at life or anything like that? Does, does anything come to mind? That's a great question. I mean, my whole life, I've always, I don't know if it's a competitive side. I don't know if it's my dad's military side, my mom's Japanese side, what it is. But of course, there are always times I'd be like, we're here and I'm looking at all these bands. We start at the same time with it. They start off new. They're like, they're bigger than us. They're bigger than us. Like, what the heck did we do wrong? Was it me? Was it this, this? I finally let that go recently. I don't know if it was having kids, probably having kids. Um, but when I stopped going, I still practice to be, I still love the ethos of practicing to be as good as my heroes, practicing to be as good as Bruce Dickinson, knowing it'll never happen. Practicing to be as good as John Petrucci, knowing it'll never happen. And it's not about the latter part. It's about the always reaching to, to train to be the best. Same with jujitsu. I train to be as good as my heroes, but I know that's not going to happen. With all that being said, I have reframed it to not be, we're going to be the biggest fan in the world. We're going to be the best metal band of all time. We're going to do this, this, and this. I want to be the best Matt Hafey for all the Matt Hafey things in the world. 
once I framed it that way, it took an immense load of pressure off to stop going like, oh, well, we're not doing Ali Pally yet. Why aren't we doing that? Where we've been touring the UK since X amount of time. How come we aren't doing that? How come we're not headlining down? Like, that's the stuff I'd always think about instead of focusing in on all the good stuff. Um, so once I let, let's stop thinking about that, it was just it was just deciding to let go of that. And I still want the band to be a stadium band if it happens, but if it doesn't, it's been a freaking blast and I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it till I can't play anymore. But once I reframed it to, I want to be the best Matt Hafey for all the Matt Hafey things, it took that pressure off. Um, Cause it's, it's so impossible to compare yourself to someone else to compare yourself to what someone else has done because the situations are so different. And if you start getting in that chase, it's, it's endless and it makes life not fun anymore. So once I switched it around, uh, once I stopped caring about numbers on my stream, like I used to be like, well, I don't have this many viewers this week or this many, like when you start to chase that, it makes it not fun anymore. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So instead, just living in the moment and just having a good time and just enjoying what I'm doing and being thankful that my first job in life is the first band I joined. And my second job in life is playing the songs from my band that, on the internet. <laughs> that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's fucking... Br- like, imagine... Yeah. 20 years ago, like Twitch would, would, wasn't even a fucking idea that somebody had. <laughs> and now it's, it's just fucking incredible. Yeah. So I guess we, you've got a UK tour coming up next year um, with Trivium. What else can we expect from you? Nonstop. We've got the Megadeth Lamagod Trivium in Flames US tour coming up uh, very shortly. Then we have a Iron Maiden Trivium tour. Then we have a top secret headlining tour of the States after that. So three American tours this year. We've got the UK tour, Trivium, Heaven Should Burn, Malevolence, which I'm super stoked about. Malevolence just released their information about their new record that I'm guesting on that. Um, then we've got a European tour with them. I think there's another band being added for the European tour. South America at the end of this year. There's just a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Nonstop. Oh, but I'm, yeah, yeah, as you said, always busy. There's always going to be some Matt Heathy stuff for people to look out <laughs> yes, for. I, I hope people don't start getting sick of me. I'm just going to keep make sure it's all <laughs> cool things. Like, yeah, I just to make sure there's nothing, nothing forced or weird or anything that feels forced or wrong. I make sure I don't do, but uh, just everything that feels fun, I do. Which uh, reverts back down to the beginning where um, it's taken us five attempts for this to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Four. Did, I think it's four, maybe five. He didn't want to do it. He yeah. didn't want to no, do it. He checked no, up a little bit. No. He did more times, man. I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you two it. babysit my, my two three-year-olds for an hour and you two will be dead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, most probably. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's very well, there's true. The but... way we fix this, let's book another one as soon as possible. We will, well, yes, please. Yes. When you yes, when you please. come over to the UK, we'd love to do one in person. We'd absolutely that's, love that. That's awesome. way too far away, but yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah let's, let's do it sooner than that. Let's, let's do it <laughs> yeah. like like let's say right after right after Megadeth. Oh yes, <laughs> all right, yes, I'm, I'm good with that. Right, all right, gents. Let let Kirsten know. Kirsten can hold me to this. This is the audio proof. Let's do <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for taking the time, man. It's been a pleasure, and we'll catch you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Wonderful chat, gents. Thank you. Cheers. Yes. Woo! That was Matt Hafey of the Fantastic Trivia and Ibaraki, which I am very, very, very excited about hearing, especially Jared Way's Mad Yelps. Yeah, I couldn't believe that when I saw the track listing and he's going to be screaming black metal vocals on an album like this. Um, yeah, 
Seems like it, the work has gone into it. I'm really looking forward to the debut album from Ibaraki released now on May the 6th via Nuclear Blast Records. Pre-orders are available now. And of course, Trivium will be returning to the UK in January of 2023 for a headline tour playing London, Glasgow, Birmingham and Manchester. And you can keep up to date with everything going on in the world of Matt Heafy on his social media pages and all the mad Twitch streams he does. If uh, at any point you thought, wow, Matthew, um, Matthew's speaking quite fast. Is he actually a Welshman? <laughs> no, no, he's not. Um, but he was, he was about to go live on his Twitch, but we managed to kidnap him for an extra 15 minutes. So anybody who's listened to this now, who was waiting for him for 15 <laughs> minutes for his, for his Twitch, we apologize, but yeah. we did just want to chat to your spiritual hero and he was fantastic. So thank you again to Matt. His Twitch is super interesting. The mad shit he does all over that. I definitely suggest checking that out. Get ready for Ibaraki because I think I think it's going to be class. Yes, it definitely is. A massive apologies to Twitch in general because you know we're stealing time from one of their sacred, sacred gods. But speaking of heavy music, speaking of alternative culture, and I don't know this podcast this week, Sean, we made a very special announcement didn't we? Yes, we did. For the second year in a row, <laughs> the fucking boys in Sa- the Sapnin team, the Sapnin lads, the Sapnin gang are about to become the second best podcast in heavy music again this year. That's right. We have been nominated for heavy music's best podcast award and we cannot wait to be runners up again. <laughs> Woo! Two times second will probably yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, two time runner up. Yes. I reckon what's going to happen is in four years' time, or in another two years' time, hmm. after we get nominated again for another twice, right, for best <laughs> right, podcast, yeah. and we don't win that, what's going to yeah. happen is it's going to be like the time the Blackout got nominated four times for the Kerrang Award, <laughs> and the fifth time the Kerrang literally made an award up. Right, called the Dedication Award, which was basically you've been nominated four times and you've won fuck all award. So I, I, do you know what? I just like to thank Heavy Music Awards right now for our Dedication Award that's coming in three years time. Hey, <laughs> right, I'll t- I'll take that. I'll definitely take that. Twenty twenty five, we're we're bringing home a trophy for sure. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Check out Heavy HeavyMusicAwards.com. Give us a vote. They all definitely help. And it's definitely not going to be on Wednesdays we wear black who win. That's not me being bitchy, mind. And that's not me me being bitchy. Superb podcast. I just know I'm so negative. I know how it's going to (laughs) go. You just don't. You just you just don't want to see me crying in London again when we lose. That's all. That's all it is. But seriously. Do you know what? One of my favorite things last year was driving a 360-mile-long <laughs> journey to see you being upset. It was one of my yeah. favorite things. Yeah, I'm sure Back it was. I'm sure it yeah, was. But, it but... wasn't, Mog. It wasn't, Mog. It wasn't, because I fucking drove as well. But seriously, thank you so much to the Heavy Music Awards and just you listening to this podcast in general for making things like this happen. It would not be possible without all the support we get from our listeners, from our Patreon, and just the community we've built um, from everything so if you'd like to give us a vote please do it all helps if we somehow win it it'll be a miracle and of course we do something daft to celebrate so you can go to vote.heavymusicawards.com and see what happens yeah fuck it didn't it well tell me worst is gonna happen is we don't win again like that's it like um, yeah, but it's just nice to be nominated it means a lot all right this has been episode 172 of sapling podcast before we go get in touch with us twitter and instagram at s-a-w-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d at s-a-w-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d at sapling pod on twitter instagram let us know your thoughts on this episode who we should have future guests how many times you can vote for us at the heavy music awards um, if you can um, create a bot that votes for us a trillion times, that would be interesting. Get in touch with us and let us um, find out. But if you've, if you've enjoyed three or more episodes of this podcast, you are legally obliged now, 
by the British government. Um, this week, Preeti Patel has announced that everybody who's listened to three or more episodes has to join our Patreon. She's not saying the highest tier. The second highest tier will be enough, which I believe is £15,000 a month. So, um, yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash happening. Help the boys keep this bloody podcast going. Yes, yes, please. It really does help us in everything. And just to let you know, this starts at $3. So if you can't afford the 15 grand, $3 would help us a lot anyway. And there's loads of extra bonus content over there, um, including kind of acoustic tracks from former guests to playlists, other podcasts we've done that we haven't put out on our usual channels and everything you can possibly imagine, including our wonderful community of people and if you head to the description of this episode you'll see loads of their names but as always sean will give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our patreon community yes i just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who is genuinely part of our community prior to this uh recording this i've had a fucking awful week so thank you very much to all these people you literally keep us going thank you very much kylie wheeler Mayumi Liwaway, Janelle Caston, Amadine Urbano, Mitch Perry, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Ewan, Kelly Young, Nathan Crowshaw, Paul Hirschfield, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Cherry Robson, Scott Jones, Murray Grimwood, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Alexandra Pemblinton, Stuart McNaught, Amy Louise, Caroline Robertson, Chris Howard, Joe Ackland, M. Evans Roberts, Jacob Hetherington, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Louis Cook, Danny Eaton, Craig Harris, Jenny Munster, Lucy Diaz, Kelly Cannon, Jason Redia, Emily Perry, Becky Andy, John and Emma, James McNaught, Adam Parslow, Ollie, currently unemployed, fuck yeah, Amesbury. Oh, sorry to hear that, Ollie. You can leave the Patreon, I suppose. Um, he says, after just begging people to join the Patreon. I thought he had a Can't new job. Win. Can't win. What? Three well, I don't know. Well, perhaps he changed that before we read it. If he has, happy <laughs> to <laughs> uh, Thank you very much, Josh. What happens if someone slaps you at a high frequency? It hurts. Crisp. Thank you very much, Alice Wood, Reese Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Katrina Robson, Connor Lewins, Kyle David Smith, and Daniel Stevenson. Sean, your laugh is one of the things that make this podcast. Um, yep, I'm Morgan, and uh, the talking, the guests, else, <laughs> I think. Imagine if, it, imagine if this is what I've, if this is how I found out, right? I could literally just sell clips of me laughing, and people are like, I wanna, and it's like, <laughs> we do this, we go through the rigmarole of booking guests, sorting it out, yeah, getting the right yeah. time, doing all, and all I had to do is just go, ha 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 There you go. That's, well, there that's two pounds a month. Maybe we'll yeah we'll just put a laugh track of you giggling on the Patreon if people want to go and check that out. Oh, maybe. that's not a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> only available to the ISTR, sixty oh. grand a month or whatever. But again, thank you very much to everyone who makes this podcast happen. It literally wouldn't be possible without you. Patreon.com forward slash happening. If you'd like to get involved with that side of things, remember you can get ten percent off your two thousand trees festival tickets by using the code Sapnin over on the website 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets and vote for us at the Heavy Music Awards. Sean, before we go, uh, your band Raiders uh, has just announced a gig as well, I believe. Two gigs, actually. Two gigs Two? this week we've announced. Bloody, Twice? I don't. Fuck yes, we you. Need, yeah, we need a grown-up rock band now. Um, <laughs> April 13th, we are lucky enough to be supporting former guests of the podcast St. Agnes in Camden Underworld in the London April 13th and that's been presented and put on by 2000 Trees so again Ooh. thank you very much guys I cannot wait for that it is Raiders Mimi Banks and St. Agnes of order of opening to closing and then October the 22nd in Swansea we are playing Sound Bay Festival more of that lineup to be announced soon and it's going to be a ripper so yes Check out at Raiders Band UK on all the socials, Raiders UK on streaming websites. Please give it a listen, um, for God's sake. Otherwise, we feel like we're wasting our time. Oh. But tune in, <laughs> <laughs> in next week and every Friday for a new episode of Sapnin. And next week's guest is one you will never, ever guess. At Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram if you want to make a, a, a suggestion, but you won't guess who next week's is and it will blow your mind. And I'm very excited about it. Who is it then? Wait, what? <laughs>
<laughs> Wait, I'm going through my fucking pages now. It's not him. What? Ah, oh, I think I know. Yeah, it was a good one as well. Cracking one. Real good one. So, yes. What a fucking tease. <laughs> what a tease for next week. <laughs> yes. Um, that's up in pod on, only, uh, on all the socials. Uh, see you next week. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>